What's up, Sid? This is your Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler. I just wanted to say uh, happy birthday, first of all, and then give a shout-out to uh, your True Hills show. So, um, And I think I speak for all of us in the business right now when we say we really appreciate uh, you guys sticking with us and supporting us. It's a crazy time, and uh, we're trying to, you know, we're working hard to try to give you guys something else to talk about other than uh, all the rest of the garbage that's going on. Um, but we really appreciate it, and we miss you guys as much as you miss seeing us. So please keep uh, supporting and watching and uh, sticking with your show. And I hope, even though all this craziness is going on, I hope your birthday is super rad. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. And we are back once again with the Pro Wrestling Spotlight Presents True Hill Heat 74. On this edition of True Hill Heat, we're going to be discussing the man, Becky Lynch, being pregnant. Congratulations to her. Iron Mike Tyson at AEW Double or Nothing. The announcement of NXT TakeOver In Your House. And speaking of In Your House, we're going to have a full ranking of every single In Your House event because we are celebrating 25 years of the first ever pay-per-view. So besides me, you already know my co-host. We have the lovely, the beautiful, the princess of all the true heels herself, Miss Chrissy Love. Hello, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and of course, we have our resident True Hill alcoholic, Top Guy JJ. Hell yeah, drinks in hand already. You know, I had to dip back to the classics. You know, I had to go back to the actual show stuff, you know? You know, and salute to all, all the True Hills that's on deck today. Well, where's your, where's your, um, your, your microscopic lens cup or that shit that you always carry? I, I, oh, what, I, what the I got, a, I got a solo cup. I don't have the red one because I don't ride with that one. My roommate got me blue one. So I'm ready with the solo <laughs> cup for today. But before we get into anything, we're going to shout out all you viewers, all you listeners to True Hell Heat. But before we do any of that, you know, you could do one thing for us. Drop a like on this video. <laughs> it helps. Sorry. That's you. <laughs> oh, and watch that Corona. Whoa! You know, you know, better watch. No, sir. No over here. I don't know what you're talking about. All I need is some ginger tea, and I am good to go. You know, I just, I, I just said what everybody else is probably thinking when they heard that's me. <laughs> nah, I, I'm gonna have, him, I'm gonna have him edit this part out. Okay. <laughs> uh. But yes, before we get into anything, before we get into our True Hill roll call and what we miss, you can drop a like on this video, help the channel grow, it helps the YouTube algorithm, and help other wrestling fans like yourself get this True Hill Heat content, and of course, push the i-card down at the bottom, and the subscribe button, and the bell to stay notified for all the great content right here on True Hill Heat. So, before we get into the real podcast, we gotta shout out you. The viewers, the listeners, the supporters of the True Hill Heat podcast. First of all, our top three conversation starters on the True Hills group page are True Hill Trinity. Coming in at number three, the New Japan aficionado, James Wims. Coming in at number two, the host of the Romeo Report, the co-host of True Rewind, Romeo Anthony Cologne. And coming in at number one, once again, our co-host from True Hill Heat 73, the Negro Buck. Nick Jackson. Nick Jackson! Hell yeah. 
Good job on the show last week, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shouts out to Nick. He did a fantastic job. And it just tells you, the listeners, the viewers of True Hill Heat, we are for wrestling fans, by wrestling fans. We are just like you. So these are just a couple of your friends chatting about wrestling every single week right here on True Hill Heat. So a couple of other True Hills we want to shout out. We got Jason Michael Campbell, one of our favorite commenters when we were live on the Spotlight Nation. He said he misses us on uh, live on the Spotlight Nation because he Aww. loves to us live so i hope he drops a comment in the comment section angelo carmine batista jr we got tiffany marie we got ryan delorch ashley ann stadel and ivan rosa shouts out to all those true heels and our youtube subscribers 2383 scorpio he's been dropping a lot of cool ideas for video requests so we're always open to you guys giving us ideas for video requests if it's a top 10 a top 5 a show review an old school review we can do it all right here on true hill heat and yep, jameer yep. More Jameer Moore. He loved our Dark Side of the Ring review. So if you haven't already, check out me and Chrissy Love talking about the last ride of the Road Warriors. But before we get Chop Guy JJ's thoughts on that, what was your guys' thoughts on Money in the Bank? What we missed was the most insane, the most unique Money in the Bank in history as six men and six women fought up the corporate ladder in probably one of the most shenanigans I've ever seen in a WWE match ever. We also had Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins in a classic, classic WWE title match. And Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt. Braun was able to defeat Bray using his own form of mind games. So we'll kick it over to Miss Chrissy Love. What was was your thoughts on this crazy Money in the Bank pay-per-view? The shortest WWE pay-per-view in 14 years. Um, Yes, I looked at the time. I was like, it's only 9... 40 what's going on um i was not entertained by the money in the bank uh ladder match um i was very entertained by the uh, uh seth and uh drew match i thought that was excellent i i really enjoyed that one i thought also the bailey and tamina match wasn't bad as well yeah, i mean i mean i, I, mean, I, I want to say that's probably like Given and that's saying much, but I think it was like one of. I mean, I didn't like the finish, but I mean, hey, what are we gonna do? Um, but I, I actually thought it was a great match. I don't know why they will not change Tamina's look. She needs a whole revamp, just like they did Bailey. Change it all up. If you want to keep her as this mean person, change the look. You have to change the look. She's not evolving. She's the same person. Why should not change it? Oh, you just want to keep her in the same boat as Natty? I don't know. Anywho. Um, I thought that match was I, – I enjoyed that match. The match, the tag match, we've seen it every week on SmackDown. We don't need it. I, I like the, the, the opening uh, tag match. I, it was really? very much I, – I, it was very much, I will agree, it was very much like the uh, eight-man tag that was on SmackDown on uh, Friday night. Friday night. But, it was the same it match. Was, it was entertaining on Friday night, and it was entertaining on Sunday. Sure. However, I mean the the mind games were between Braun and Bray. I it was a great match. Um, not gonna lie, I'm sure this is a great story leading to the next pay per view that we're gonna have in maybe three weeks. Um, so they're gonna keep giving us the same thing. Um, yeah, I wasn't a fan of the Money in the Bank 
corporate office thing, Majig. Like, yeah, I wasn't a fan. Dana Brooke thinking she won, and it's a money as a briefcase full of money. And yeah, I did thoroughly enjoy seeing events in the bones on the wall. Other than that, um, I wasn't a fan of the match. Sorry. Well, un- understandable. How about you, Top Guy JJ? You had a lot of thoughts before the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match. What was your thoughts on the pay-per-view as a whole and that match in particular? First of all, the, the pay-per-view ended at 9.43 p.m. Oh, see? I was like, I was no, like 9.25, 9. actually. Or really? So I was like, I guess, yeah, because I guess I started watching it a little late. Yeah, right? <laughs> Because I had start over and it was nine forty three and it was over for me. I was like, "Holy shit!" And I watched it. <laughs> in the so I was like, "This is weird." But then I had to. I was like, "It was so short. I had to watch it again." And, and, and so I watched the, the pay per view twice, and it was still shorter than your average WWE pay per view. So watching it, I the opening match whack to me. That shit was like whack. It was, it was whack. The, the opening match was whack. It really was. Like I had, I got. Nothing out of the opening match except like a spot or two there, but it was like it's like what Christy said. I agree. It's literally it's the same match happening over and over again, and it's just like I'm tired of this. I'm tired the of the same grouping. thing. I'm tired of the grouping. Like the grouping is stale to me. Yeah. Um, but Tamina's match that was the Tamina and Bailey that was Tamina's best believed match in her entire career. Yes. Yeah, see. Okay. Because yep. Thank you, JJ. It's because. No one buys into Tamina's character because she doesn't win. That- if, if she would have finally been given the SmackDown Women's Championship, this would have paid off. Right! And she loses in some corny-ass way, and she's going to fall off the totem pole all over again. And so they're going to like, bury her back in the corner and bring someone else out. This was the strongest. Pretty I've much. Ever pretty seen much. Tamina That's how look. it always goes with her. That was the strongest I've ever seen Tamina look in a WWE <laughs> match, and I was proud of her performance. But it was just the result. It was kind of predictable. We all picked Bailey because we just didn't believe they was gonna go through with the push. Um, Why I don't Brian, know. Brian Braun had in my uh, Braun's best story match to me. Period. Like, <laughs> right. Yep. Story match period. I mean, his matches are pretty much the same, but his, yes. this had a, actually a story to it, which is I, I picked Brock Bray to win, but I like the finish, and I'll take that credit. I'll take, I'll Word. take the L Word. for a good result. I'll take the L for a good result. Seth and Drew McIntyre, as you said, instant classic. That was that was that was probably up there for probably best WWE match of the year. One of the top matches of the year for WWE. That's not saying number one, but it's up there. I about to um, say it was. You think it was as good as the Seth and uh, I mean, um, was it Seth and um, um, Kevin Owens one at WrestleMania? No, no. Yeah, no, no, as I said, yeah. Up. It's up there. It's I, I think it. I think it was better than that. I, I think, think it was. It was I think. I think that match was better than any match at WrestleMania. Shit! Damn. Oh, okay, I mean, friend. Yeah, I mean, it's really what the match gives you as far as feeling. Right. Like, KO. It gives you a feeling, and honestly, like getting that WrestleMania moment from Kevin Owens kind of would outshine what I would remember from this match. Mm. So I kind of think, you know what I mean? So it, it, it's each his own, each his own yeah, opinion with yeah, that. Yeah. But that Money in the Bank match? <laughs> what the fuck was that? Awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. 
You think it was awesome? Oh my! I can't wait to wait. I cannot wait to hear your 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 point. Go ahead, JJ. Finish. I I can't understand. I I I knew I did not believe this match was gonna be good at all to begin with. I don't actually know. I actually had hopes for it because I was like, how can you? I I knew it was gonna be something taped as far as like the boneyard and the whole like um uh John Cena and 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 Bray thing. Mm -hmm. However. Come on, Frit, like come it on. It's too much comedy. It's too much like like, it's like too, much, it's too fun. The match was too fun. Like that's why the match they had they all had a good time. Like they all had fun making this match, which was You really you, believe you, that? You yeah, really believe that? They had that. a great time. They had a great they had, they had fun. They had a lot of fun doing this match. Okay. You can see they had a they they were picking at each other. They were probably ribbing each other this whole match. <laughs> they loved this match probably as performers, but as somebody watching, I was like, this match is too funny. It's way too funny. Like it, it is like it's just like mm, I'm not getting anything out of this. Like the shit that they was doing was corny. Like the AJ yeah, and like- the rub. Like it was just whack. Like the incident between AJ and Daniel and Vince. I was like, what the fuck? This is not a lot. Like what is this? It's, it was so stupid. And then let's not count out that all of a sudden three women never even made it to the tower. Three women never even made it to the tower. I wasn't expecting Carmella to make it because she got power bombed through a table. Granted. Where the other two? Where the other Dana, two? Dana, 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 Dana is the biggest, the biggest idiot and doof in the world. Like Dana, she Dana? No, Dana. She oh, thought Dana. she could climb a table to win money in the bank. Well, she's a fucking idiot. Yeah, that, that, so I, I, I was so disappointed. They made like, so, and then aftermath. So basically, after you, you three women competed for the for the for, for the case, and barely, great barely, yeah, three women, barely. The, the, the in ring stuff was like sixty seconds, and then it looked like it looked like Baron Corbin committed murder on two wrestlers, and then they had a match the next night on Raw. It's no, no, like this match was not no, and even the finish was stupid. The finish was stupid. I'm happy for Otis, yes, I'm happy, and we all called it on the show that he was gonna be the closest to win it, but not win it, but then he actually won it. But the weight, like, no, my whole my thing, my thing with the, the, the ending, right? We all clearly know this is like every he is a fan favorite, everyone clearly, he is like. A kid's like he's like a kid's dream, basically. He is like something that brings entertainment. He's excited. He's fam. He's fr- family fun night. You know what I'm saying? That is who Otis is. I'm sorry. I don't know where Tuck is. Tuck is being buried somewhere. Don't know what's going on with oh, him. Tuck got fucked up by Dolph Ziggler. He got written off TV. Got you. Makes sense now. Okay. So now going back, we clearly know that he either one will botch winning. Or somehow they'll have to like re give over the money in the bank. It's just dumb. Like it don't make no sense. You're not gonna give this man a push. How you gonna win? I don't mind if the man won in a good match, but the match wasn't good. Like I just, I just, I'm sorry. Like I'm, I don't care if I'm in the minority when it comes to this opinion. Like I did not enjoy this match. Like I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I, I, I was looking at like I had, I, I wanted to make sure that I didn't enjoy it, so I watched it twice. <laughs> I didn't need I to watch it again. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling this hallway. I'm not. I'm just not. I, I knew I wasn't gonna feel it from the start, and that's just my consensus opinion. I just, I'm not. I wasn't feeling it. 
you can check out my Money in the Bank uh, match review where I give my full thoughts on this Money in the Bank, most unique Money in the Bank corporate ladder match, as well as the full rest of the pay-per-view. We did it in two separate videos. It's me along with Romeo as long as well as Marcus Cash. All I will say here is that Seth versus Drew McIntyre was a great instant classic of a matchup and the best WWE title match since Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 35. Braun versus Bray Wyatt was not much of a match. If you're judging it on just being a match, it was pretty bad. But as a story, it told the story well. It was also pre-taped like Money in the Bank in case people did not know. We'll talk about a little bit later. And... Finally, the Money in the Bank ladder match has been so stagnant the last couple of years. I think ever since 2016, all these Money in the Bank ladder matches, you put them together in a row and you can't take you can't recognize <laughs> one from the other. Like it's all the same. So, at least this match was unique. It was entertaining the whole time. No matter how you felt about it, whether you enjoyed it or whether you wore, you didn't enjoy it, you were captivated by it and you watched it the whole time. A lot of times, Money in the Bank, it's just a whole stunt show. This was at least something <laughs> different, something new, and something that we will remember 10 years from now. So I'm happy for it. What else did we miss? Uh, we also miss money. We also miss Monday Night Raw with a huge announcement from Becky Lynch, uh, which results in Oscar becoming the new Raw Women's Champion. We're going to be talking about that shortly. Seth Rollins takes out Rey Mysterio because apparently putting someone's eyeball next to a steel steps is worse than throwing them off a roof. Remember that, people. Right. right. Uh, I hope he's really not hurt. Hopefully not. Edge versus Randy Orton is announced for WWE Backlash after a very good uh, closing promo by Randy Orton, making me want to see a match that I didn't think I would want to see after WrestleMania. On uh, the brand, the brand-to-brand -brand invitation is born. Miss Chrissy Love, the brand-to-brand -brand invitation was announced. It's going to be reintroduced next Monday on Raw, as well as this Friday night when you review SmackDown as Charlotte Flair will return to SmackDown. Uh, Baron uh, King Corbin will be on Monday Night Raw this week versus the WWE Champion Drew McIntyre. So it's basically Wild Card Rule 2.0. What's your thoughts? Um, first of all, um, I'm very upset and disappointed at this. I feel just like how JJ looks like on the screen right now. Um, why? Why do we need to relive this? And then you just rename it something else that we already know what it is. Like, this is like another slap in the face to us fans that are being so diligent with you guys and being so patient. But yet you give us crap yet again. Why do we need to see Baron Corbin against Drew McIntyre on SmackDown? Or is it Monday Night Raw? Whatever. It's, it's, I'm sure Drew's probably going to show up some kind of way anyway. Yeah, he'll be on SmackDown soon enough. This is ridiculous. This is a bunch of crap. Yet again. Thank you. That's all I got to say. Crap. JJ, you seem like you feel very strongly about this. What's, what's your thoughts? Why don't they just change both shows to just WWE Super Show and just call it a day? Like, they just, 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 just change. Like, just, just stop with the brand exclusivity. Then, just stop. Just, just, just. It, it's pointless. It's so, it's so dumb. So then, stop with the two WWE titles. Yeah. Stop with the Raw and SmackDown championships. 
stop with all of this crap. Like, stop with all of this brand exclusive shit. So you might as well, if you're going to bring all of these people together, you might as well make it one big brand and collectively unify all the fucking titles. Because seeing 77 titles and they can all be on everybody's show, what's the fucking point? They think and that is going to bring ratings. No. Let's rewind 2019 all over again with this bullshit wild card rule and just change the name to Brand Invitation. <laughs> brand to Brand Invitation. But speaking... Speaking of super shows, uh, NWA Superpower was this week as well. Uh, we had Strictly Business defeating Villain Enterprises in the main event, as well as the announcement from Billy Corgan that a new series will be introduced next week called Carnyland. Very interesting. We don't have any more details on uh, the series, but we'll find out next week. And uh, check out Stat King as he reviews NWA Superpower as well as AEW Double Dark, which had the return of Ray Phoenix as well as uh, Jimmy Havoc defeating Luther in a no DQ main event and Dark Side of the Ring was the last ride of the Road Warriors one that a lot of old school wrestling fans were looking forward to me and Chrissy Love we do a full review of the last ride of the Road Warriors uh, for the YouTube channel you can check that out right now Top Guy JJ what was your thoughts on uh, this week's Dark Side of the Ring Oh, this is definitely one of the ones I was looking forward to for sure with the with the Road Warriors. Obviously, um, it's a team that I've been able to see for the better part of maybe the last twenty years that I was watching wrestling at least. So, I was hoping to get a more in depth story about what happened to them. I kind of wish that you know it's like one of those things that I wish that it, I felt that it was rushed. Like, I felt like it could have been a lot more detailed as far as, like, what happened in between all of these ins and outs with Hawk and Animal and what how they carriers kind of carried on. I think there was probably a little bit more interest in what Animal was doing. Like, I mean, they didn't, they, they, they kind of went right into the Hawk stuff. Like, it was all about Hawk. And it was just like, I, we got, we, we got it. And I, I just didn't feel like I got any new information as far as like what I was going, what I was hoping to learn from this because it was too short. Like, I really think that they should have given this the same two episodes that the Chris Benoit one had, because I feel like there's a lot, I, I, I just feel that there's a lot more into the road warriors and Paul Ellering and what happened to them than the 40 minutes that I got. Like, I just don't feel like it was enough time for me to learn more about one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Uh, I think we share pretty much similar uh, thoughts from me and Chrissy yeah. on the episode for sure. So definitely check out our Dark Side of the Ring review for season two. And we'll have one more as next week they go in-depth about <gasps> the life and times and the death of Owen Hart. So listen, uh, listen, listen, guy. You got a little smirk look on your face. Like, are you, what, what were you disagreeing with? This, there's not much to the story of the Road Warrior, so making it a two part <laughs> would be useless. 
That's what I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> bubble. I just wanted to move on to the top news. But yes, there's not much in a row. I'm like, literally, all the show would be is 10 more minutes. Like, you're literally asking them to make a whole new episode for 10 minutes of information. So um, yeah. I'm sorry. I was more interested than you were because I grew up idolizing this tag team. I'm sorry. I grew up idolizing the Road Warriors as well. You're not that much different from me, but I know the story. I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. I did not learn much from this episode. And I talk That's about, all I was saying from I it. About, I, like I talk about that in the review, but there's not much else to the story to make a whole nother episode. Yeah. So that's what the space was about. <laughs> <laughs> So, top news, top news stories. Of course, we got to talk about the man, Becky Lynch, becomes the mom. Rumors were circulating late Monday evening into Monday morning that Becky Lynch would have a big announcement on Monday Night Raw. To start the show, Becky Lynch came out with the Money in the Bank briefcase and said she would have to leave for a while. Asuka then came out where, uh, wanting her briefcase back. Uh, <laughs> Informed her that Asuka did not win the Money in the Bank briefcase at Money in the Bank, but instead she was the new Raw Women's Champion. Asuka then celebrated in glorious fashion as only Asuka can. And then <laughs> Becky, <laughs> Becky told her to go be a warrior while Becky goes be a mom. A very emotional moment on Monday Night Raw. So what was your guys' thoughts on this announcement and how the segment was handled on Monday Night Raw with Becky Lynch? We'll start off with you, Miss Chrissy Love. Um, I thought it was... I, I actually liked it. Um, I, I, I thought it was a very good way for her to now, I guess, be in the spotlight. I don't know if it, it was her idea to announce that she was I don't I don't know if that because that's something that's private and I'm not sure how far she is but you know nevertheless for her to agree to doing this um very very beautiful and you know I, I, I I'm I, I, I you don't never know what Oscar because I'm like I don't know if she was surprised for real like oh did they rehearse this like I'm not sure so but um but very touching and you know she didn't want to give up the belt but you know it's something that now is a new chapter in her life that she's not, no one is never ready for, but excited for. And uh, we clearly know that Seth Rollins is not shooting any blanks right now. So, you know, <laughs> he shot up the club. Like, come on, son, your pullout game is whack, yo. Um, he pulled out, he, he put out a tweet, I think, on February 28th that says he should have pulled out. Literally before any of this was announced, he put that out as a tweet on February 28th. I mean, I did see that, you know, I was looking at the day, I was like, wait, February, you know, counting, I was like, maybe that's around the time that, it, you know, if you count incorrectly, that could be the time that you did it, sir. Um, and, you know, you didn't see her since, you know, WrestleMania, so things are leading up, so it was a beautiful thing where she told, you know, Asuka, shout out to Asuka for, you know, doing her part, because that was just wonderful acting, like, she was, like, so happy and just so surprised, all off beat, like, you know, regular them, like, because they can't dance. Some of them can, but, you know. Um, and then she was, like, you know, so happy for her and wanted to hug her. And then she, like, just ran off, you know, whatever. Like, I, I thought it was very, very well segment. I, I really, I really liked it. And shame on them for now selling the mom shirts, you know. Like, come on. Come always on. always got to mo- make a buck. But, mo- at least, but, but at least it's helping Becky make formula money. So that's uh, that's very wow. important. Wow. Formula money, friend? Trust me. I know. Uh, so... Uh, JJ, what was your thoughts on the segment and how the announcement was handled? 
Um, the announcement it was in typical WWE fashion, but I think this was actually good WWE fashion because um, it, it gave Becky the chance to because I think she did this on her terms completely. I think this was totally on her terms. I think she wanted to come out and make the announcement. I think she wanted to make it public because she obviously has to give up the Royal Women's Championship and. I, I just like how it was delivered. I like how it was like people were starting to like she's starting to make it sound like this was a detriment when she was doing it. So I was like, no, she just no, she had she, she's yeah. kind of dragging. She's kind of dragging the announcement. She's dragging it. Right, right. And yeah, so she's dragging it like how a storyteller would do it. They would drag their story. Now and, it makes and, sense why Shannon didn't win, but you know, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's not gonna hand Shayna the belt like she would have died before yeah, she did that. Yeah, Shayna is gonna have to kill Oscar for it, you know, probably, <laughs> you know, which is gonna probably hopefully create some good matches. And I just think the timing of this is absolutely perfect for Becky. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't think of a better timing for her because a lot of people were starting to honestly, like, if we're gonna keep it frank, a lot of people Bored. were starting to feel like the character was stale. People starting to think that she was starting to become a little too little, you know, it was kind of redundant as far as mm -hmm. what she was doing. So the man was starting to die down a little bit. So this, like, when she comes back, it is going to be thunderously hot again when she returns. And yeah. she's going to be gone for the better part of a year. So the fact that she's going to be gone this long, like, people are going to be anxious as hell when she comes back. And this was, like, the perfect break. And the best reason possible as obviously all parents on here knows the best possible reason to take any time off is to get that blessing is to be able to have some additions in your life to be able to get something that's life-changing it is incredible and the yep. fact that she was able to do it on the grand stage of where she performs at mm -hmm. and then get embraced by her wrestling family and get embraced by all of her friends that's backstage, everybody that was able to attend. Like it was it was really handled beautifully. And yeah. of course, Shayna handles it beautifully. <laughs> Sh Shayna, <laughs> Shayna Baszler was the cherry on top of this very wonderful yeah. pie. I will say that the Becky Lynch segment was probably the best Monday Night Raw segment in quite some time. Probably the most emotional Monday Night Raw segment since Roman uh, came back from his leukemia. It just Those real life moments just make for the best moments in, in the WWE right now. Because WWE is so by the line scripted mm -hmm. that when you get those unpredictable real life moments like this, they really stand out. So yeah. what do you guys think? How do you think uh, Becky's run on top as the Raw Women's Champion will be remembered? Her two-year run from turning on uh, Charlotte Flair at SummerSlam 2018 all the way to relinquishing the title and becoming a mom. How do you think it will be remembered? I'll start off with you, the number one Becky Lynch fan herself, Miss Christopher. <laughs> wow. That's what we're going to do, friend? Okay. Um, <laughs> you know what? You're right. I do have all my man shirts. That's right. So, uh, I'm very excited about her. Um, starting off from when she made the turn against her friend, uh, Charlotte, I think, you know, the ending was, you know, stale. However, I think it was a great run. I think it was a great one. You became the face of the brand. You, you did so many things. 
even outside of wrestling to be uh, a memorable champion. So I think her 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 reign will be uh, looked at in you know years from now. I think that she has been like what a lot of people were looking for from uh, different. The, no, just just pe- what people were kind of looking from CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are like the two most prominent of those those guys or those underdogs in wrestling that they wanted to get behind and then they cross over and they become so over that they cross over into the mainstream. They just couldn't go over the hump with CM Punk because of his issues with the company because yeah. Daniel Bryan with his injuries Becky Lynch was able to do that. She was able to go over the hump. A lot of that had to do with her working and having classic matches with Charlotte Flair. A lot of that had to do with her re- her feud and rivalry and match at WrestleMania with Ronda Rousey. But she used all those people to catapult herself to being remembered as probably one of the greatest women's wrestlers in WWE history. If her career mm-hmm. ended today, she would be known as Top three, top five women's wrestlers in WWE history, period, point blank. So that's how she will be remembered. But finally, uh, to wrap this up, I'll go to you, top guy, JJ. What do you think uh, the what this means, this will mean for the future of the Raw Women's Division? And who do you think benefits the most from Becky Lynch leaving? I think the entire women's division in totality. Because I think Becky Lynch's run has been so game-changing that her bar was set so unbelievably high, we started to grow stale of what was the best thing on TV. Like her, her, her thing was game-changing. It was a game-changing, like it, it evolved the women's revolution slash evolution to a point where they haven't seen it. So I think... This is going to now, she hands off the platform being the hottest thing on the com- in the company. And she now hands this to a plethora of women that has the opportunity to make something of this. Like, Asuka, no matter what people feel, no matter what people have been at, Asuka is one of the greatest women that has entered a WWE ring in women's history. Thanks. Like, Asuka... Has entered the Grand Slam category now. She's a Grand Slam champion. Mm-hmm. Like Asuka is the deal. And yep. the fact that now the women's division in Raw is going to run through her is going to be able to create some epic matches. Like it create a, it could create a heel turn with Kyrie Sane when she returns. Mm-hmm. It could create an epic rivalry with Shayna Baszler. Like it can open up a lot of opportunities, which would make Becky Lynch then hungry when she returns. Mm. I think it's a good platform for the rest of the women. I think I think there's a lot of women that have been kind of uh, because Becky became so big, they kind of been held back. Like Oscar mm-hmm. has really broken out in this whole empty arena platform. So I'm glad she's the woman that they've kind of are using as the it's anchor right. yeah. for the future. Yep. But I, to me, there is none other than the person that started off this show. Shayna Baszler yeah. will benefit the most from this. People yep. were thinking that she lost money in the bank. This means that Vince is down on her. No. no. I think that this is all about the setup, that you need to set up Asuka as the new and, baby yeah, yeah. face mm-hmm. for Shayna to take down. And if the Shayna takes down Asuka, I think it's just light speeds ahead for Shayna Baszler. I, and now now it all makes sense. WrestleMania, money in the bank, all of that all makes sense. They're, they're, they're setting her up to... Yeah, it all made, and, and again, we were all behind Shannon to say, "Hey, she needs to be the champion." But and 
and in, in, in a timely fashion of where it's going to come, where she will be so over and so hated that now it makes so much sense. Of course, damn it, the man is freaking genius. One Some... thing I'll give WWE credit for, uh, and I, I'll, I'll give them credit for, and I don't think we've given them a lot of credit during this time here. Right. I think they've learned a little bit how to drag out a story for the year yeah. 2020. I think they yeah. learned this a little bit by default because we've been making our predictions based on how WWE reacts in the moment, how they always react in the moment. They're finally starting to take heed and actually are trying to make stories out of things. Yeah, which is fantastic for them. Which is fantastic for them. Now, if they ever turned out the tag team, we'd be a okay. <laughs> exactly. We don't don't hold your breath. Let's move on to <laughs> to the next topic. <laughs> Iron Mike Tyson will appear at AEW Double or Nothing. Yes, you heard me correctly. AEW Dynamite was a night full of huge announcements for AEW Double or Nothing on May 23rd. Besides the matches announced, the biggest announcement for AEW Double or Nothing was that former boxing heavyweight champion of the world and the baddest man on the planet, Iron Mike Tyson, will appear at Double or Nothing to present the winner of the TNT Championship Tournament with the title belt. Miss Chrissy Love, what do you think of Mike Tyson appearing on AEW? I mean, listen, if you could, like, have y'all seen Mike Tyson videos right now? <laughs> like, yo, have, like, come on, like, I mean, I don't know who did it and how they did it, but bravo, bravo. Especially in these times right now, I mean, wow. Who would have thought? And Mike Tyson right now, nobody, I, you wouldn't, I don't even want to fight him. Like, something, <laughs> not only do you get La Champion, now you're going to get Mike Tyson. And I'm sure those two are going to somehow, some way, have a, a crazy interaction. I, I feel it in my core. And it's going to be I amazing. Mean- I mean, I would love that. I mean, we've already seen it in WWE. They had an interaction on a Monday Night Raw when uh, Mike was a guest GM. So I, I, I think they have someone else in mind, which I'll get to after I ask Top Guy JJ this okay, one. Okay, uh, How do you think, because you're the perfect person to ask this, Top Guy JJ, how do you think WWE is reacting to this announcement of Mike Tyson appearing at Double or Nothing? Why didn't we think of this? Why didn't we think of this? <laughs> as, soon, as soon as he surfaced on ESPN with them, let's go. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put it. I, I, I dare somebody to tell Mike Tyson he don't belong there. Right. I, I, I dare somebody to tell him he don't belong there because that man at 53 years old embarrasses us as humans. <laughs> when we are in the this is true. Of our life. It, it, this is true. I swear to God, I ordered an entire gym set. Just <laughs> it, I, it's coming. I, I, I would. This is mind-boggling. But this man has been able. Like what? Mm. He's fifty-three, and he looks quicker than he did when he was young. When he mm. was young, Mike. Like he. Yep. Holy shit. If you get hit by that man, I'm telling you, you're going to look like you got executed in Game of Thrones. 
<laughs> so I, 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 I'm, I'm just saying. Like, Fair enough. Yo, Nicely said. Yeah. WWE literally, because uh, Iron Mike Tyson is the hottest thing on Sports Nation TV today because of his videos. Yeah. And the fact that AEW got him and not WWE. Mm. Oh, that shit is getting under their skin. Yeah, they're gonna hate that. Mm. So, how do you how do you think? Uh, I'll ask both of you guys this: How do you think uh, this will attract casual viewers to the AEW product? Oh, in. I mean, they're definitely gonna want to see it. Like, they're definitely, yeah, they're they're definitely going to eat into that. They're like, "What is he gonna do?" Like, you've seen the videos, you know, like, yeah. There's the buzz. He's a draw regardless. Because for a pay-per-view, the guys that's in the casino battle, the casino ladder match, we love them. But not a lot of casual fans know who those guys are. Mm. And the fact that you insert a mega legend like Mike Tyson into this match is going to give those guys... He's not, he's not, he's not inserted into that match. No, he's not inserted, but his name is presented. He's going to be presenting the championship during this match, right? No. He's presenting the champion for the TNT Championship Tournament. That's between Lance yeah, Archer and Cody. And Cody. Mm-hmm. I really thought he was connected to this fucking ladder match for some reason. No. <laughs> that is totally my mistake. That is totally, <laughs> I really thought he was connected. For some reason, I saw those pictures together for some reason. For whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe it's all of the, 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 the Game of Thrones murder and I've been watching. That's been confusing my head. That does it. But my thought is that I think that this is going to lead to Cody getting the victory over Lance Archer. I thought Lance Archer would get the victory at double or nothing. But I don't see Iron Mike presenting the title to Lance Archer. I could totally see him presenting the title to Cody. But I could see the presentation being interrupted by none other than MJF. Mm. Maxwell Jacob Freeman. And Maxwell Jacob Freeman getting knocked out by Iron Mike Tyson. That's exactly the press and the publicity that AEW wants. That will be on ESPN. That will be on SportsCenter. There's not sports for SportsCenter to cover. So Mike Tyson punching out MJF and MJF getting in a line or two will play on SportsCenter a few times. And that's the type of pub that AEW needs. Yo, you you think MJF is willing to take a blow from Mike Tyson? Yes. I think, I think MJF is willing to do anything for the business, period. I'm just, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just asking for the youth, man. MJF, man, I mean, you got to think about this. Well, it is what it is, but we got to move on to week 31 of the Wednesday Night War. Yes, this is the time of True Hill Heat where we give you the ratings for the Wednesday Night War between AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT. And we give you our thoughts on what was the better show for the week. So, for week 30, the ratings are AEW Dynamite with 654,000 viewers to WWE NXT 604,000 viewers. Both shows are down a lot in uh in the viewer department due to UFC having their fight night on ESPN Plus, but AEW Dynamite did finish in the top 20, while NXT did finish in the top 50 in the 18 to 49 key demo. WWE NXT had the Imperium Martel Barthel and Fabian Iker win the NXT Tag Team titles, defeating Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. After 
Thatcher uh, walked out on Riddle. Riddle beat uh, Thatcher later on in the night in the main event, but was attacked by Thatcher and locked him in the armbar to end NXT. And the huge announcement that on June 7th, NXT TakeOver In Your House will take place. And over on AEW Dynamite, we have the announcement, of course, that we talked about before with Iron Might at Double or Nothing. We also had the Stadium Stampede match announced for Double or Nothing, as it will be the Inner Circle versus the Elite. Uh, that's going to be uh, also, that was also after Omega and Broken Matt defeated Proud and Powerful, as well as the Inner Circle probably did the most heinous attack. In the history of AEW, of AEW Dynamite, TNT television history, <laughs> at the inner circle, a five-on-one murder of Vanguard One. Vanguard right. <laughs> One, we miss you, Vanguard One. We miss you. Hikaru can't just, just, just like get better and better every week, yo. Hikaru Shida uh, wins a four-way to get a shot at Nyla Rose in the uh, and, uh, the AAW Women's Championship. MJF and Phoenix returns. Phoenix with a Luke Kane size kick to the mm. head of Orange Cassidy. That will be one of the gifts of 2020, I am sure. And Mr. Brody defeats Daniels in the main event. So, Top Guy JJ, we'll head it over to you. Oh, no, we'll head over to Miss Chrissy Love first. What was the better show for last night between AEW and NXT? It's it's oh man. I'm going to go with probably AEW. For the fact, don't get me wrong, I think NXT was good last night. Especially with the title change and everything. I mean, you had they had to do that, but I thought eight, uh, NXT was good. AEW, on the hand, was great. Not only are they not social distancing, they're not, uh, they're not abiding by any of the rules, they're giving a great show. And they're giving us a crowd almost semi, like we're acting like they're getting reactions. So it's kind of like giving us something to be excited for. Um, uh, definitely love the whole 5-on-1 Five on one uh, against Vanguard. That was like who they must got a lot of money to be beating up drones out here in these streets, yo. Just saying. <clears throat> but overall, great. I think they had the better show. How about you, JJ? The assault on Vanguard one was absolutely fucking despicable. <laughs> it was the Innocent heinous, soul. It was the most heinous crime <laughs> in the history of AEW. <laughs> How dare they! condone such actions of destroying and dismantling such a generous and light soul of Vanguard One. They're geniuses. But AEW, hands down, was the better show. Like It was hands down the better show. Like, this, it feels like a, it feels like a, like a well-produced show yet again. It feels like they literally prepare for these things. You get different moments each week. Like, holy shit, like, are we not going to talk about the selling of the twist of fate by Sammy Guevara? Like, Incredible. Oh my, like, Incredible. Fuck. How do you flip on a twist of fate and it looked like he did? Effortless. Like, how? Like, like, and oh, Lord. That, I'm telling you, that meme of 2020 coming at you with Ray Phoenix, whole oh, like, good Lord. He literally <laughs> almost took off Orange Cassidy's head. Like, there was a moment where oh Orange Cassidy's my. head was not attached to his body. 
and, and then the, the return of MJF in the ring, cutting another one of his classic promos, and him being him, and then Chris Jericho be like, it, the show was so loaded. It was so loaded for a regular Dynamite show, another fantastic show put on by AEW. And NXT, having four, got, having two guys perform twice in the same night, obviously, it was just like, uh, you know. It, it it just kind of feels like they're throwing these shows on the whim, man. Like, they, it doesn't feel like these shows are just happening and they're producing them that well. This, I'm already, already starting to get tired of these Gargano, Gargano vignettes. Like, I'm already starting to get tired of these shits. This is one of the rare times, people watching this, that I agree with Top Guy JJ 100%. All across the board, <laughs> AEW Dynamite had the better show, and its criticisms of NXT were 100% on point. I like the dinner with the Garganos, but that whole turning into the black and white is getting very corny very quick. I'm, uh, not, I'm not a fan of it. I think it's stupid. The the highlight of all Copy the vignettes, and paste. The highlight of all the v- vignettes was definitely Killer Cross, uh Carrion Cross and uh Scarlet Bordeaux with the end is near vignette. That was awesome. That was incredible. Yeah. The the whole journey of Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle just felt rushed. It mm. just felt really, really rushed. I enjoyed the match, and I want to see more of them wrestle for sure because they just have a great style together. And that match, the main event of NXT, was the best match on Wednesday night of either show. AEW Dynamite did not have a match that was better than that, and probably not even better than the tag title match because that was really good as well. But just overall as a show... AEW Dynamite has just hit their stride once again. This is the same stride that they hit before Revolution. This is mm. the same one that they hit before Full Gear. They just get on these roll of episodes of Dynamite before these pay-per-views where they're just hitting home run after home run after home run, and they're just telling their stories perfectly. I'm into the Mr. Brody versus John Moxley. I'm into Cody versus Lance Archer. The casino ladder match is just so unique and has such the characters and the rest that I want to see in it that I'm very intrigued by that Iron Mike Tyson at Double or Nothing is intriguing the stadium stampede I just think is going to be outrageous and just that street fight from last night up a level so I am ready for the stadium stampede AEW Dynamite just delivers once again and so my final is fucking loaded Double or Nothing is loaded I have to see. Are you doing a viewing point? I need to see that with someone. Uh, uh, do I have to pay for it? Is that what I have to do? We can do. We can do one of our Zoom or Skype vo- viewing parties for the, for that one as well. Because we'll probably still be in shut down for that as well. Stay at home, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to stay safe, stay at home. Wash your hands. Just control this whole thing so we could get back to normal. But my final question for Wednesday Night War for you guys goes back to NXT. What are your guys' thoughts on NXT TakeOver in your house? That was a long, long bit of silence for our podcast <laughs> listeners. If you, For our podcast listeners, if you saw their face... <laughs> I actually need a refill. I, I don't know about you, JJ. Um, I, I, I already refilled. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, how about um, we talk about The Last Dance? The Last Dance is something great, friend. Have you been watching it? The season finale. Yeah. Oh, The Last Dance has been incredible. I can't wait for those final two episodes. Like, I mean, you know, like, 
that's something worth talking about. That is, a, I mean, that is going to be epic. I am reliving my childhood. I don't know about you, friend, but I in, oh, thoroughly enjoyed those that rivalry from back then. It's just, you know, great. A anywho, uh, the rest of the WWE news. The Money in the Bank was WWE's shortest pay-per-view in the past 14 years since ECW December to Dismember. And this was a decision by Vince McMahon himself. So oh, I'm sorry, but... but did you want to say anything about that last segment that you said before? About I, In Your House? I just, I just asked you, what was your guys' thoughts on the return of In Your House? And you totally blanked on me. So I'm going to move on. Don't I mean, I think you might want to say something I mean, you yourself. Thoughts, you could give your thoughts, but we don't, we don't have a thought on it because, you know, just like all the other In Your Houses we're going to talk about next soon coming up, you know. Exactly. WWE okay. announced that you should they, have, that segment, then. they have stripped uh, the man Sami Zayn of the Intercontinental title and will hold the tournament yo, to determine. That's so whack, son. Nah, yo, that's whack. I Sammy, mean, Sami can't show up at the PC, so they gotta move on. WrestleVolt is, Twitter. Is that by choice? Uh, that, it, that was his choice not to show up. So he wants to stay, stay. He wants to control this thing and stay at home, stay quarantined. So that's his choice, but they gotta move on. WrestleVolt. So does he does he like FedEx the belt like to them or does he like send it via USPS or are we just gonna send it by um, UPS? You're gonna get the brown truck to come. I, how is he sending back the belt? Is he gonna drive it over to the performance center? We want to know, friend. You have the answer? No, because they're gonna just mysteriously <laughs> come up with the with the belt like the next week, and we're gonna now we're gonna have a big old tournament like we're doing for the cruiserweights. Tell God, us. shoot me. Tell us, SP. Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I will let them in the comment section. If you actually want to know that, you can let us know in the comment section below. Uh, Russell Bowles' Twitter handle has learned about the shutdowns uh, lasting in major cities throughout the summer and will impact SummerSlam weekend. They oh my God, this is so depressing. They sent out a tweet stating, what I've learned from sources on SummerSlam is one, WWE wants to remain as is. City of Boston has made it clear that's not likely. Uh, WWE is activity hunting for a new location with fans. Number three, keep an eye on the South Florida and Georgia. Number four, date may be pushed uh, into September. And number five, no, uh, number six, actually, no word on takeover as of now. WrestleVotes also reported that WWE has put on hold a major summer-long storyline, which was being compared to the Visic Man limo angle and Nexus Invasion debut, and crowd response was a major part of it. So that's why they have put a hold on that. Uh, WWE has, as and recently released, Carl Anderson have been in an ongoing trademarking battle ever since January of 2019 over the rights to his name. And like we, wow. uh, I know that's a, that's an interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> And WWE also filmed the Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt match, like we said earlier, for the Firefly Funhouse puppeteers because WWE feared they wouldn't hit their spots on time. So they filmed that match in advance. It was not live at Money in the Bank. Good Lord. Uh, you know, uh, go ahead, friend. Continue. You know, do your job. 
recently been a lot of rumors concerning uh, a certain former WWE superstar and WWE Hall of Famer, Sting, possibly coming to AEW and appearing at Double or Nothing. Sting's WWE Legends contract has not been renewed as of well as uh, Mattel just announced that Sting will not be part of an upcoming WWE line of toys. Also, Sting recently praised Lance Archer and got into a tweet exchange with Cody on Twitter. So, what's your guys' thoughts on Sting possibly in AEW? Only a matter of time. Sting on TNT just seems good. <laughs> Tony, Tony Giovanni announcing Sting to the ring just seems so right. I, I mean, I mean, I, I, I hope it'll happen, you know, and it's something that we don't see coming, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I hope it's something that's just like, oh my, like that that pop, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. The other AEW news is the rules for the casino ladder match were announced last night on AEW Dynamite. It will start with two men, and every 90 seconds, a new entrant will come in with nine entrants in total fighting to climb a ladder to retrieve the chip above the ring, which gives them a guaranteed AEW world title shot. Already announced for the match are Darby Allen, uh, Cole Cabana, Orange Cassidy, and Ray Phoenix. Quite the electric bunch, and there's five more to be announced. New Japan News, New Japan President Harold Mage has put out a video this week explaining the reasons why New Japan has elected not to run any empty arena shows in this time of the pandemic. So bravo to him for making that decision. And Impact Wrestling, Impact Wrestling has officially announced that they have signed the current Battle Club Pro Icons Champion, Tasha Steeles. So congratulations to Tasha Steeles. We started off the top news talking about Becky Lynch. Congratulations to Becky Lynch as well as Seth Rollins. A lot of congratulations going out as we end off the top news. Anything you guys want to talk about before we get finally into our ranking for In Your House? Um... Guess that's a Big fat no. I was, I, was wait, I was waiting for Chrissy. I mean, I'm, I just, you know, just just appreciate the ongoing stuff that we got going on here with this with this shit. It's like it feels like this damn thing is never ending, man. It feels like we're locked, we're, we're shut down forever. Yeah, man. Like this is just like, oh god. Like it's it's becoming to a point where it's almost slight pressing man like i'm just like so over all of this foolishness to be honest i just can't wait to share a motherfucking drink with my people that, i mean like, that's, i just want to drink with people like just be in a bar like i don't have to like go shopping or nothing i can do that all online i can I do that you know i can do that from my my, my bed I want to see. I want to be social with people and not on like i want to do this live i, I don't want to do this in my house, but like I gotta tell my kids to shut up because you know they're being too loud. Like I'm over it. We are all here, people. We have the same struggles. We are feeling for you just the same. We are struggling staying at home, but we gotta do it to stay safe. So we appreciate anyone that's watching this far, especially into the video, and those that are definitely staying at home and keeping safe. Just continue keeping it on, and we are right there with you in this struggle for sure.
So it's about that time what you guys have been waiting for. Some of you probably skipped ahead to this because you guys are so excited about the return of In Your House. In Your House 25 year anniversary was on May 14th. 1995 the first ever in your house where they gave away an actual house at the event that's where they came up with the title of the pay-per-view the in your house concept was just to have an in-between because wwf at the time of 1995 would only have their major big four pay-per-views wrestlemania raw rumble survivor series and SummerSlam. but they wanted to keep up with wcw that had pay-per-views pretty much every month at the time so they got the smaller sh- Uh, B-show pay-per-views that they called In Your House. They were shorter than the bigger pay-per-views, but they gave us a lot of entertaining shows, a lot of not-so-entertaining shows, but Overall, I would say In Your House, going back and looking over the history, it's given us probably, it gave us a lot of the great classic matches, the hidden gems of the, like, the 1995 to 1999 era. So what's your guys' thoughts on In Your House? You guys didn't want to give me your thoughts on the announcement that is coming back, but what's your memories of In Your House? Um, quite honestly, a lot of them I forgot about. Um... I didn't remember that they even happened. Um, but going back and doing my homework, um, I had to go and like relive some of them. And some of them, I didn't want to relive them. So I was like, wow, this is like awful crap. But, you know, being a child back then, you know, it was amazing. But um, this is how the, the in your house was a lot of them were crap. And then they had the, the horrible names to go with them was even worse. Like. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into okay, it. Okay, name one. Don't get okay. in, don't, don't give anything away. JJ, what was your overall your thoughts on in your house? Fine. You don't want us to oh, have any fun. I mean, I, I mean I'm wondering. You I'm could wondering, you I'm could wondering. go into it more when we talk about that. I'm on a I'm on a relative page with, with Chrissy Love on this one. I mean, like in your house is something that I had to once I heard the announcement of it, obviously you got my reaction to the in your house takeover. So I had to kind of like dig in. Shay went up to a tie a table a takeover with in your house. How dare they? I had to I had to go into the network to kind of like get some and remember some stuff from in your house and, and yeah, they surprisingly had a few stellar ones like there's a there's a couple in there that was like oh yeah mm-hmm. I do remember this one oh, okay I got it okay okay so you know I very some, I, some nostalgic memories back you know from like I, 21 22 years ago you know exactly I very much have fond memories of in your house because for me especially being a kid I was seven years old in 1995 eight years old in 1996 <laughs> the only pay-per-views before I had a legal cable that my mom would let me get were in your house because they were 20 bucks compared to the 30 dollar uh survivor series and SummerSlam. so I, the only pay-per-views my mom would think about me ordering were in your house. So I have very fond memories, especially the in your house video game, which our thumbnail is based on. <laughs> uh, so the coming in at the very bottom. So as we do these rankings, you if you've seen in the past, we've done a ranking on all 36 WrestleManias. <sighs> we broke down and ranked every single money in the bank cash in. So we start from worst to best. We tell you why it's the worst why it's near the bottom, and why it's the best. So coming in at the bottom, number 27 out of 27, the worst in your house in the in the four-year period, 25 years since the first event, the worst one was actually in your house four. In your house four, one of the first four 
pay-per-views we had the worst one ever which was on in october of 1995 it was called in your house great white north it was main evented by big daddy cool diesel defending the wwf championship against british bulldog it had one of the worst and slowest matches in wwe history as yokozuna went one-on-one with king mabel but yes this one was a rough time this was supposed to be King Mabel versus The Undertaker, so it had a bait-and-switch as well, which we'll get to in a bit. In Your House had a theme of that, bait-and-switch. I was about to say, it had a, a lot of those. What are you talking about? <laughs> it had a lot of those, but this one is considered the worst because there's In Your House, what we'll talk about with a lot of them, they at least had one good-to-great match. Yes. Great, great White North does not have that. It does not have that. This pay-per-view is the only positive note I would say from this is that it had the pay-per-view debut of Gold Dust. That's it. That's about it. And his match wasn't even all that good. No, it wasn't. But it was called the Great Right North because, of course, it was in Canada. Anywho, uh, coming in at number 26, the second worst in your house in history was in your house rock bottom. It's not at the rock bottom for us, but it's near the rock bottom of our list. This was a pay-per-view named after the rock after the rock won the WWF championship title tournament at Survivor Series 1998. This was main evented by the rock versus mankind. Well, no, it was actually main evented by Stone Cold Steve Austin versus the Undertaker in a buried alive match. The yep. rock versus the mankind were wwf title match but with those two matches with four hall of famers neither one was that very good so this one is near the bottom for us coming in at number 25 it's time it's time it is time it is vader time 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 yes oh my god (laughs) yes it's time it's the next one up uh, this one is from December 1996. This you was had Psycho Sid and Bret Hart as your main event. Really? Psycho Sid, this was right after he defeated Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series 1996. He went on to verse uh, Bret the Hitman Hart in the main event of this pay-per-view. Not too many great matches from this one, and that's why it's near the bottom for us. No Way Out of Texas. This is one I can go to Top Guy JJ because I know you remember this one. No Way Out of Texas. This is from February 1998. This is another one of In Your Houses that had a bait and switch because uh, it was supposed to be the New Age Outlaws, Triple H and Shawn Michaels versus Cactus Jack, uh, Shane Saw Charlie, Owen Hart, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Of course, This is right after the Royal Rumble 1998 where Shawn Michaels injured his back and was out for a number of months before WrestleMania 14. So he was out. Savio Vega was in. What's your memories of No Way Out of Texas? The reaction of the replacement. It's like, but this was this was classic in your house shit, man. Like, like it was like, yo, they had to put it on the, the banner of their things, like their favorite superstars in action. Like, they, they, they literally had to put the moniker on there to let you know that your favorite, like, not no, no, no billboarded main event posters. Or like, cause no, because this, this shit is subject to change because motherfuckers ain't gonna show up. Motherfuckers ain't gonna be coming to this pay per view. Like, people just aren't, like, it's just, this just think, think gonna be a fully produced show. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. probably gonna be like the episode of a Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. So you know, and you, sure money, and you gotta pay, and you gotta pay some money for it too. Mm-hmm. So you know, like, like let's 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 mishmash together a main event. <laughs> you gonna replace you really? <laughs> like, 
So I feel like it was like he wasn't even that big of a star back then. Like you made that like, and they said it all night mystery mystery partner. Who's gonna be? Who's gonna be the mystery partner? On for like two, like a whole the whole night. Like and then you can even hear from the crowd. They're like, what? But I I will give them credit though. This was one that was a little bit out of their control. Unlike. Our number 23 in your house in history, Triple Header. Triple Header was from September 1995. You can check it out on True Rewind. We're going to give a full review of this Triple Header uh, uh, pay-per-view. But this one had a bait and switch with the main event as it was supposed to be Owen Hart and Yokozuna versus Diesel and Shawn Michaels in a winner-takes-all match as Diesel was the WWF champion, Shawn Michaels was the Intercontinental champion, and Owen and Yoko were the tag team champions so whoever got the winning fall would win the title Owen Hart was mysteriously out of the building the whole night he was replaced by British Bulldog and then at the end of the night Owen reappeared and was pinned in the tag team title match which led to the titles going right back to the champion the following night we'll go in depth about it on True Rewind don't you worry uh coming in at you number- can have to though <laughs> Coming in at number 22, International Incident. Another bait and switch with In Your House. This one, another one that's out of their control, as it was supposed to be Shawn Michaels uh, teaming up. Shawn Michaels teaming up with Amen Johnson and the Ultimate Warrior to verse Camp Cornette, which was going to be Vader, British Bulldog, and Owen Hart. But under the Ultimate Warrior walked out on the company, and he was replaced by Sid Justice, Sid Vicious, Psycho Sid. And this was a pretty good six-man tag, but not the great matches that a lot of our one-match-in-your-houses have earlier in the list. So it's pretty low on our list. Coming in at number 21 is Judgment Day. This comes from October 1998. This is most known not for a match, but for the closing segment where Vince McMahon fired Stone Cold Steve Austin after Stone Cold counted both men out in the WWF title match between Kane and The Undertaker. This also had Mark Henry versus The Rock, but no seller matches to stand out. That's why it's near the bottom here. Coming in at number 21, one of the best matches to ever take place at In Your House was on this event. This was In Your House season's beatings. This was the fifth In Your House uh, from December 1995. It was main evented by Bret the Hitman Hart defending the WWF title against the British Bulldog. A classic, classic, classic match. One that doesn't get talked about a lot. Everyone talks about Bulldog and Bret from SummerSlam 1992, but this one is a classic that's worth watching. Number 20, we'll go over to Miss Chrissy Love. We have D-Generation X from December 1997. This was named after the electric group of Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and China. This had Triple H versus Sergeant Slaughter, as well as Shawn Michaels versus Ken Shamrock. But this is most known for the first time pay-per-view meeting of The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, a classic match. Um, uh... And, and also shows that they had this in your house. It was named after DX, but they weren't really even the headliners. Yeah, they were. They were. Sean, that, Sean, he, Sean was the um the the European champ. No, Sean was the WWF champion. Was Sean, he? Sean he, versus Sean he, versus Ken Shamrock was the main event. Oh, see, that's why I wasn't even. That's why it's so high in the rankings as the worst because. 
Well, I had it low. You had it pretty high. That's why I was giving you the floor for this one. That's I mean, why it's not at the bottom. I had this near the bottom. This was in my, I think this was in like my bottom five to four uh, in your houses. You sure? Wait, hold on. Let me look at my list and make sure. DX. Yeah, I had this in my bottom five. You had this in. Yeah, your- number 14. You're right. My bad. I mean. The only thing that w- the, the the year firing part would would made this part like the the best part of the show for me I remember and I remember the band being there playing when they came out as well. Other than that, I mean, for, for, for me this pay per view is most remembered for the worst, but yet one of the most entertaining Rock versus Stone Cold matches. It's literally a squash. <laughs> Where it, Stone Cold beats the crap out of the entire nation of his domination. Only, <laughs> only team partner is his truck. He drives his truck down to the ring. He backdrops D'Lo on the truck, stunners D'Lo on the truck, beats up it's Godfather, the, beats up Mark Henry, beats up Austin. He it, well, yeah, and it, it goes back to when this is like their early their early encounter, and that was that their only encounter though. No, they had more encounters. This was their first pay-per-view match. Okay, this was their first their first first encounter. Okay. But nevertheless, it, it is a classic early Stone Cold when when he was a hill and everyone still loved him and he was popping every time he came out once you heard his music and he beat up the nation of domination, which people hated. So I mean, that's probably why my ranking was much higher than yours. Um, other than that, the show sucked. I agree there. Coming in at uh, I believe this is number yeah, this is number 18. In Your House, number one, the premiere. The first ever In Your House. The whole reason we're giving you this ranking, because it's been 25 years since the first In Your House, where they gave away a house. This is higher <laughs> up on our list because it had the great, probably the best opening matchup out of In Your House ever, as Bret the Hitman Hart went one-on-one with Hakushi. In the main event, you had Psycho Sid versus uh, Diesel. So, not a great show, not even a good show, but a solid show because that opener saved the whole show. Another ma- another in your house that was a one match show in your house, the Lumberjacks in your house number two from July 1995. The classic match here was Shawn Michaels versus Jeff Jarrett. This one is probably one of my the favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite Intercontinental Title matches ever. This is Jeff Jarrett's best match of his career, in my opinion. I love this matchup. This was main evented by. Diesel versus Sid in a lumberjack match. That's the name. Coming in at number 16, Good Friends, Better Enemies. I'll take this over to Top Guy JJ because I know you remember this one. This is the main evented from April 1996 as Shawn Michaels just won the WWF title. He main evented against his former best friend, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. This is one of the more infamous WWF title matches of the 90s. This is this is a brawl. This is like really attitude era before the attitude era in this matchup. You had the you had the announce table spot. You had the high shen- you had the brawling throughout the arena. You had the weapon spot. You had Mad Dog Vashon's fake leg being used <laughs> as a weapon. In this matchup, this matchup is insane. If you never watched it before, definitely my my commentary and my praise of it doesn't do it justice. Top Guy JJ, what's your thoughts? So obviously not a lot of memories, fond memories about the whole In Your House saga in general. But I do believe (laughs) that in uh, Diesel's Kevin Nash's WWF career, 
this to me was his best match. Mm. Like he didn't have a lot of entertaining matches at all because the Diesel matches were trash. Yeah, his jackknives were trash. His gear was trash. His music was worse. Like I, I, it, it was just I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And, and this match finally, you started to see some of some of that guy not being held back and. He actually kind of cutting loose a little bit, trying to show his capabilities of just being a brawler, being a badass, you know, just using whatever he got in fucking sight, whether it's legs, whether it's fucking equipment, like anything that you can finally see this seven foot badass do, it kind of worked. And of course, you got the best seller in the game with Shawn Michaels to make everything look good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It it, it was actually, to me, I mean, God, I wish they would have had that match at WrestleMania 11 instead of the shit that they had at WrestleMania 11. Yeah. Makes sense. Coming in at number 15, we got Ground Zero. In your house, Ground Zero from September 1997. This was right after SummerSlam 1997, where the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels used a chair on accident, hitting Undertaker to cost him him the WWF title, which leads us into the main event as it's Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. First time ever in a pay-per-view matchup. This one is a great match. It's an insane brawl that doesn't have a finish, but still a great classic matchup. Uh, You also had Bret Hart versus The the Patriot for the WWF title. You also had a four-way elimination match for the vegan tag team titles. I think this is middle of the pack because not only did it have the great match that kind of a lot of our ones that we talked about just before this one had it also had a couple of good to decent matches underneath coming in at number 14 is one that i know a lot of you are going to remember saint valentine's day massacre in your house saint valentine's day massacre and this one is considered the final in your house in history until nxt takeover in your house of course saint valentine's (laughs) day massacre was in february 1999 this had the rock versus mankind in the first ever last man standing match in wwe history uh ending in a no contest a great matchup right there but of course this one is most remembered for the main event stone cold steve austin versus vince mcmahon inside of a steel Cage, Miss Chrissy Love, what's your memories of this match? Um, showing that whole era with uh, the Vince and Austin and them being that crappiest cage cages that they used to fight in um, till they transcended into something else. Um, but definitely that match, uh, was there even a winner at that time or was it a DQ for both? Now that's uh, the uh, cage. Well, the cage match uh, with Vincent Stone Cold Stone Cold won because the the Giant debuted and drew Paul White. The Giant Paul White Big Show threw him him into the cage and broke the cage open for Austin to escape. Yes. Okay. Now I remember. See, this this was a bad thing to go back and forth with, man. Like you have to remember these things and whatnot. So I mean. Definitely do remember that match. Um, didn't remember the finish, but one of the best. It wasn't the last. It wasn't really the last in your house. It was the last official in your house until NXT Takeover in your house. Coming oh, in, they got to be some other class. Yeah, he oh, beat the crap. Beat that he beat him, buddy. Probably one of my my favorite Vince photos is Vince bloody in the ring as Austin is climbing up the... (laughs) 
just bloody, just blood dripping down his face and just sticking the finger at Austin. Classic stuff. This one is definitely a one-match one, but it does have another decent match on there as well. They go back to September 1996, In Your House Mind Games. This one was main evented by Mick Foley himself, has called this his greatest matchup in his entire career, as he, as mankind, went one-on-one -on -one with the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels for the WWF Championship. This was Mick Foley's first shot at the WWF title, and this one is an absolute classic. I will say that this is top three, top five matches that out of all the in your houses that we will talk about here on this show. If you, there's one match you need to go back and watch, it should be this one or probably the next one we'll talk about very shortly. In your house, Mind Games also had The Undertaker versus Goldust in a very decent matchup. It wasn't a very live match, correct? No, that was a casket. I think it was uh oh, no, okay. yeah, it was a casket match, I believe. Okay. Uh, either either it was this one or another in your house we'll talk about. I'll I'll go back and research as I ask you about this one coming in at number twelve. Bad Blood, In Your House, Bad Blood from October 1997. Probably the In Your House that is the most memorable in history because it had the first ever Ellen Fallon match as Shawn Michaels went one-on-one -on -one with The Undertaker. And not only that, that match ended with the greatest debut. Yes, I you heard me correctly. I'm saying it right now. The greatest debut in WWE, WWF history at King. <laughs> First of all, as a little kid, you're like, nah, he's not coming. He's not real. Like they, they're making him up. He did, he, he did, wasn't alive. The Undertaker said so. He didn't, he didn't make it. And sure enough, he came in. Everyone was just like, like you couldn't even cheer because you were just like, jaws dropped on the floor. And everyone just like, oh, just like that. And, and mind you, the year that this is in, this yes. is change it like it stayed that way and you just mm -hmm. like and mind you Shawn Michaels is just like bloody just I mean just like dripping and he didn't Shawn even Michaels rip was fucking incapacitated and then, <laughs> but do everyone remembers um Undertaker's face oh yeah His Undertaker's face was like nah like just the the look of the look of shock, the build-up to Kane debuting. We had heard yeah. about Kane ever since, like, May of 1997. And yeah. like we said, this review happened in October. So the build-up to this, as well as the feud between Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, just culminated. This this whole pay-per-view is just one match we're going to talk about. Like, yep. there's not much there's else. There's nothing else to talk about. 
And not much else from Bad Blood for us to talk about. So let's move on to our number 11, Revenge of the Taker. In Your House, Revenge of the Taker is from April 1997. This was main evented by the rematch, the number one contendership for the WWF Championship, as it would be Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart in a rematch from WrestleMania 13. It ended in a disqualification, but was a very good matchup because Bret Hart and Stone Cold never had anything less than a very good matchup. Uh, yeah. Undertaker and Mankind is another duo that just had that chemistry to have very good matchups, and they had a very good match for the WWF Championship. This one also had the battle of the pre-New Age Outlaws as Jesse James went one-on-one with Rockabilly. So Revenge of the Taker <laughs> is one that's not doesn't have the memorable uh, moments at all the other ones that we just talked about, but I think it's middle, of the pack. it's middle of the pack because it has a couple of good to very good matches on the card and not just one match kind of carrying everything. Like Coming little in, hidden gems. Exactly. Coming in at number 10, we have In Your House Breakdown from September 1998. This was main evented by Stone Cold Steve Austin in the ultimate challenge. His ultimate defense of the WWF title as he defended against both The Undertaker and Kane in a triple threat match, which was basically a handicap match because Vince made the ruling that Kane and Undertaker can only win the WWF title by each other. But this one, I think, is most remembered for the great triple threat steel cage match as it was Mankind versus Ken Shamrock versus a man that walked into this match as a heel but walked out as the biggest baby face and never looked back, really, as one of the biggest baby face in the history of professional wrestling as it was The Rock who just one month prior was one of the guys that were getting booed, getting booed at MSG, but turned around the crowd in the latter match against Triple H. In this match, he was the most popular guy against Ken Shamrock and Mankind, dropping a double people's elbow. (laughs) Breakdown is also remembered for Edge in his first one-on-one matchup on pay-per-view against Owen Hart. So Breakdown has a couple of hidden gems there. So I think that's why it falls in our number 10 spot. Coming in at number nine, we have In Your House Fully Loaded from July 1998. This one is most remembered the best match on the show, which Triple H going one-on-one with The Rock. This was just before their classic matchup at SummerSlam 1998 as they went one-and-one in a two-out-of-three falls matchup. This also had Austin and The Undertaker on their highway to hell as they won the WWF Tag Team titles against Mankind and Kane. Mm Mm-hmm. Any memories from this one, guys? Fully Loaded winded up becoming its own pay-per-view. So it was actually in your house that was able to stand out a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I'm about to say, because when I was going back and I was looking, I was like, wait, Fully Loaded was a, a in your house? I could have sworn it was his own pay-per-view. Like, it had his own run like everyone else did. I was like, when did that happen? But I was like, okay. But I do remember it being from The Rock and Triple H. The Rock still wrestling with the little silk sh- uh, t- uh, crop top as they, you know, as it was, I was like, he, how he still like wrestling in the crop top? Like what's going on? And then you had, uh, who we, I didn't think was going to win, but big pop for when Austin and Undertaker became tag champs and they wasn't even on the same page. They didn't even like each other. They wasn't even talking, but they worked, they worked with each other. And they became champs. 
Absolutely. A very fun pay-per-view to go back and watch. Coming in at number eight, I want to say, I'm going to say it right now, this is the most underrated of all the In Your Houses. I just recently went back and watched this. I'm going to go back and watch it again so I can review this full show for a true rewind as we go through all of the Monday Night Wars. And this one's right around the corner from February 1996. This was Rage in the Cage. This was main evented by Bret Hart versus Diesel for the WWF Championship. This was right after Diesel had the Undertaker, the WWF title. So this is most remembered for the Undertaker first time coming from underneath the ring, breaking the hole in the ring, and pulling Diesel down the... I remember this as a kid. Like, I was marked it out. I was like, Undertaker just came from the freaking ground. But this one is also most remembered for two really good and one great matchup. Probably one of the best matchups in In Your House history as it was Shawn Michaels defending his WWF championship opportunity at WrestleMania against Owen Hart. This came on the heels of Owen Hart hitting the enziguri that caused a concussion in the famous Tell Me A Lie and Tell Me All Your Dreams. Yes, that famous video of Shawn Michaels uh, after he got his concussion and Owen Hart hit him with an enziguri and they had their one-on-one match at this pay-per-view. But it's all also remembered for Razor Ramon in one of his last pay-per-view appearances going one-on-one with 1-2-3 Kid in a crybaby match. Yes, it was Razor beating 1-2-3 Kid and dressing him, him up in a diaper and putting Put powder. Put powder in his diaper. What's yeah. your memories of this pay-per-view, Top Guy JJ? I, go, I agree with you. This was one of the best in-your-house pay-per-views of all time just because... Honestly, the lead, like, that Enziguri to Shawn Michaels was one of the best WWF stories ever. Like, just the the way they dragged his medical condition, the way he couldn't finish matches, (laughs) the way he was medically incapable of competing, and how Owen was taking all the credit for ending Shawn Michaels' career. Like, it it was so good-ass heel storytelling by Owen Hart like it was a it was a thing of beauty and my oh my god seeing Undertaker saving my hero's championship because I was like Bret Hart can't beat Diesel in a cage he cannot beat him Diesel is too big Bret Hart can't beat him I don't know how he made Bret Hart be our hero when he was so he did he wasn't a very good wrestler. No, Bret Hart. Oh, you're wilding. You're wilding. Bret Hart is one of the greatest in ring performers. Bret Hart is my hero. I don't know. I don't know if this game is against Bret Hart, but you need to stop it. You need to stop it right now. All this blasphemy against Bret Hart. You better calm down, woman. All this hate with Bret Hart. What's wrong with you? He's the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Hate him. He just, he just let it. I love it. I love it. All right. You hate on my hero. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta move on. We gotta move on to the next in your house on the list. Coming in at number seven, we have Unforgiven in your house, Unforgiven from April 1998. This is probably one of the most remembered in your house because is that the one that had Undertaker on the cover of the tape? I believe. 
he had a I'm little okay. teardrop that he like now all of a sudden got a teardrop on his face. I was like, where the hell did that come from? I want I want to say Undertaker was on the cover, but I just know this one is most remembered for the main event matchup as it was Do Love getting his shot at the WWF Championship of Stone Cold Steve Austin. You had the shenanigans with Vince McMahon trying to shut down Austin, trying to make him lose the title, and then uh, finally ending the matchup uh, with Do Love getting the victory by disqualification. But one of the for a lot of people's favorite matchup of the Attitude Era. There's If there's one match that kind of defines the Attitude Era is this one and another match which we'll talk about in just shortly. Coming in <laughs> at number six is In Your House Buried Alive from October of 1996. This was main evented by the first ever Buried Alive matchup as Mankind went one-on-one -on -one with The Undertaker. This came on the heels of Mind Games where The Undertaker got involved in the WWF title match between Mankind and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And this one was an insane brawl. This also, this pay-per-view had one of my favorite heel versus heel matchups as an early heel Stone Cold Steve Austin went one-on-one -on -one with Hunter Hearst Hemsley. So, Definitely, I would say In Your House Buried Alive is a hidden gem of a In Your House that a lot of people don't talk about. Coming in at number five is another one, as it's Cold Day in Hell. In Your House Cold Day in Hell from May 1997. This one was made evented by Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker for the WWF Championship. You get it? Stone Cold. The Undertaker's from Hell. Cold Day in Hell. <laughs> Get it? Got it. This one was a very, I, fellas, this one was a very uh, good matchup. Uh, a couple of, like, hidden gems and good matchups throughout this card for In Your House. 1997, I, I just I just want to say, right? It was that right? year. It was 1997 is the greatest year in WWF, WWE history. Monday Night Raw was was banger after banger every week. These In Your Houses in 1997, I think, I think all the in your houses in 1997 are in our top 10. Um, no, I, you might be right. Much, all of them. This uh, pay-per-view, Cold Day in Hell, also had the first ever matchup between Mankind and The, and the Rock, as mm -hmm. when he was rocked by Via, of course. It also had uh, Ken Shamrock's pay-per-view debut as he went one-on-one -on -one with Vader in a no-holds-barred match. So a very good pay-per-view right here. And then coming in at number four, we're going down the home stress. We got In Your House Over the Edge. This was right after Unforgiven in May of 1998. This was main-evented by the rematch between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Do Love with Vince McMahon as the special guest referee, Pat Patterson as the, the ring announcer, Gerald Briscoe as the timekeeper. <laughs> this is the Attitude Era in a nutshell. This one matchup, go out your way. If you want to see the Attitude Era in 20 minutes, watch this matchup. This matchup is it. Top Guy JJ, what's your memories of this match? I was going to hand this one to Chrissy. I wanted to hear Chrissy's reaction on this one because <laughs> she, she, she was giggling at the mouth with this match. I, I, I want to hear her thoughts about this. this no, this, he calls on you first, friend, so then I can go afterward. Listen, I wasn't a fan of the Stooges, Joe. 
They were so annoying, though. Well, I wasn't a fan of them at all. Everyone hated them. That, like we said, really this was the attitude. I didn't hate them. They annoyed me, man. It was just like, why? He tried, his best, he tried his best to stack everything all on him, and he yo, like, he yo, it. everything, like, oh, so this would make us hate like him whole, so, like, so yo, much. Was, <laughs> but like you said, this I mean, was the attitude. People, like, this was the peak of like the like. People hating on Super Cena, right? People hating on Super Cena, but you stack the world against Soul Cold and it's fucking beautiful. <laughs> like, like, no one oh ever said a word about that. No, that you know, you know, no, not at all. Like, you know, you timekeeper, referee, ring announcer, outside enforcer. Like, you know, and so special, special guest fan, his son. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? Like, if Shane's kids were old enough at the time, they probably be there made, too. They would have been the lumberjacks. <laughs> they would have they they took a stunner from Austin for sure. Chrissy, what's your memories of this uh, matchup and the pay per view? Um, like you said, th that 20 minutes, like, you can, you going in as a, a child think, oh my God, how is he going to get through this match? Like, what is going to happen? Like, Vince McMahon is sh just shamed, just being a cheater, just like all of the above. Like, you just st stock everything on top of Stone Cold. And this is what makes us love him even more because you put all the stuff, we're going to hate you. And and, and like you said, the, the 20 minutes of the after of when it was just like peaking, peak, 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 peak. Just like made us just like even more just want more 316. Like my child being a childhood and you pop and he just couldn't stand it. Like it's just like it got underneath his like his fingernails, you know? Like he just hated all of it. And you want to bring the stooges to like some kind of way be involved in it and try to make him, you know, lose. Yep. This is this to me is the peak of Austin's 1998 run. This this one matchup, just this is the peak of it all. This is the peak of the Austin versus McMahon rivalry, Whatever. in my yeah. opinion. Uh, this one also had Farouk going one on one with The Rock after The Rock threw him out of the nation. It also had The Nation versus DX in the undercard, so it had a couple of good matches. But this is all about the main event for sure. Coming this is in, how I, didn't, at, I didn't notice. I'm sorry, I didn't even know this was in your house because it didn't say, you know, in your house, you know, the name of this. Like they all were their names, so it was like this was around. A, I want to say around like the either Bad Blood, yeah, like I think it was like Bad Blood was the first one, then DX. Those ones were like they never really let you know that they were in your houses. It's right. only. Okay. Upon discovery that you realize that they are in your houses as well. I was like, these Come were their own pay-per-views. I was like, these were in your houses? Are you sure? Yep. Are you yep. sure? It's listed. Coming <laughs> in at number three is In Your House Final Four from February 1997. This one is another form of WWE kind of dealing with stuff on the fly mm -hmm. but making chicken salad out of chicken shit as it was <laughs> as it was the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels who lost his smile and wow. couldn't be the WWF champion <coughs> excuse me excuse me I got something in my throat it kind of feels like Shawn Michaels didn't want a job to Bret Hart at Wrestlemania 13 so he faked the knee injury <laughs> wow I got that out my throat now I'm sorry Done. I'm what? sorry so, yeah, WWE 
So the WWE uh, created this. This was uh, based off of the Royal Rumble 1997, where Stone Cold Steve Austin was eliminated by by Bret Hart, and then came back in and eliminated Vader, The Undertaker, and Bret Hart to win the 1997 Royal Rumble. They decided that the final four participants would battle to determine the number one contender for the WWF title at uh, at WrestleMania, but then that changed into a fatal four-way match to determine the new WWF championship champion when Shawn Michaels lost his smile. This matchup is great. This one is the hidden gem of all hidden gems that we talked about on these In Your Houses because I recently went back and watched this and I was like, why don't more people talk about this match? You literally have four of the biggest superstars in history. You have Bret Hart, the greatest technical wrestler in history. You got Stone, you got The Undertaker, the greatest gimmick in history. You got Vader, the one of the greatest monster heels in history, and you got Stone Cold, the greatest draw in the history of the business. And these went guys went out and had a great matchup in the fatal four-way you can win by going over the top rope pinfall or submission and then the brett versus austin part of this matchup carries it and takes it to a whole nother level go out your way to watch it if you haven't watched that match before coming in at number two is a very interesting one this was an interesting one because we had to put two shows together which we'll explain Coming in at number two is In Your House, Beware of Dog from May 1996. Why did we have to put two shows together, you might ask, is because In Your House, Beware of Dog is the infamous night that the power went out for WWF. All the lights went out and the pay-per-view was dark for the duration of the show. Much- the show. Pretty much the entire show to the point that mankind was underneath the ring and never got notified that he was not going to be needed. So he stayed under the ring for about two hours too long. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then they had to have a redo in your house a couple of days later, which when you put two shows together and you watch it on the WWE Network, this is great. It's a great show. You have Shawn Michaels versus the British Bulldog for the WWF title, which is a great matchup. This is the pay-per-view, which actually had Goldust versus The Undertaker in the casket match. And then the matchup that steals the show is Salvio Vega versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in a strap match. The first classic of Stone Cold Steve Austin's WWE career. Any memories or thoughts for this one, Top Guy JJ? The strap match alone. That that strap match. Oh, this was like I didn't I didn't realize Stone Cold could get down like this. Like I, I kind of knew, I knew Savio Vega was with the shit. Like I, I already knew he, he was kind of with it, but I didn't realize how, 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 how gritty Stone Cold Steve Austin was. Because, because to remember at this time before Stone Cold started becoming this major badass and the biggest thing to ever happen in the WWF is he, is he was a technical magician. Mm. He was a technical master. So he was he was starting to develop that badass mentality when he when he won King of the Ring and against you know he beat Jake Snake Roberts and he came out with his famous promo. But to to get that grit, to get that I don't give a fuck mentality, it started here. It started here because he started after that. There was a lot. There wasn't. There wasn't much more technical wrestling after this. This was a lot of kick punches, <laughs> throw your ass into a turnbuckle, Luthes presses. This this is starting. I'm gonna start to beat your ass and stun you type, type type of Stone Cold Steve Austin after this. So 
This was, if you want to see a genesis of where the badass came from, it's there. Don't look no further. I can agree with you there. And speaking of the devil of Stone Cold Steve Austin, after 26 prior in your houses, here we are finally to the best, the greatest in your house in history. If you know your wrestling history, I don't think this is going to be much a surprise. We go back to July 1997, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, the home of the wrestler that Chrissy seems to be so much annoyed when I say this, the greatest technical wrestler in the history of the business, Top Guy JJ's favorite wrestler ever, Bret the Hitman Hart, led the, led the Hart Foundation in a five-on-five classic against Stone Cold Steve Austin-led team of LOD, Goldust, and Ken Shamrock. This one is one of the best multi-man matches in WWE history. Besides this one, you had Vader versus The Undertaker in a great WWF title matchup. But that's probably the worst match on the card. But it's still a very good <laughs> big man versus big man matchup. You had the opening match, which is a crazy brawl between Mankind and Hunter Hearst Hemsley. The beginning of their okay. rivalry, which would go years on. And you had cruiserweights, light heavyweights. Actually, having a classic matchup on a WWF pay per view. What do you think? I want to say they weren't cruiserweights, they were light heavyweights back then. But that's it, the light heavyweights never had an opportunity to have a classic match on pay per view, but they did at Canadian Stampede, as Canadian Stampede was at Calgary during the Calgary uh, Stampede. This one is the great one of the, I would say, top five greatest WWE pay per views of all time. <laughs> Miss Chrissy, uh, love your memories. Um, just seeing that whole faction of the Hart Foundation being their 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 homeland, blah blah blah. But it was so exciting for them, and everyone popped when all of them came out. That's the biggest pop I've ever heard. When I, when it's it's like it's like a a you like can't hear a, anything. It's like a bunch of pops all together because they all come out separately. So Amber right. pop. Brian uh, Pillman gets a big pop. B Bulldog gets a big pop. Owen gets a huge pop. And then Brett, literally, you could feel the the roof go off the building when Bret Hart comes out. And that's when you let, that's when, like, entrances were, like, really, really important. Like, they let everyone all come out separately. And, they, and, and that took a minute for everyone to even get there. Like, he, like, set that time out for everyone to all get their own pop and have them all come out, I guess, because that's where they were from. Maybe he was being nice to them that day. Who knows? But um, uh, definitely was a great match between all of those individuals in that match. Um, like you said, the whole Vader and Undertaker it probably wasn't the best match, but it was something when we when you watched it and you were little, you were like, these two big guys, like how are they going against each other? So I mean, it it, it the pay per view itself, you know, if you can definitely look back and try to like relive what we went through back then because it's 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 something pretty amazing top guy jj just think about this for an in your house pay-per-view the opening match was triple h versus mankind <laughs> that was the opening match like I, I to understand how stacked that particular in your house was 
And this was the first in your house, in my opinion, that I finally started to realize there is home field advantage in professional wrestling. Because when they do these clusterfuck matches, everybody comes out at the same goddamn time. They finally had everybody literally got their own pop, their own entrance, their own moment. They all literally came out individually and collectively just to rub that crowd in mm-hmm. your face. Like, it, it was one of those, holy shit, like, that's, I kind of thought that these might these might have been the bad guys here. Like, uh, <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, these were like the greatest champions in all of wrestling for this, for this night. Like, these were your heroes. These were the heroes. I mean, they were my heroes anyway because I was on any team Bret Hart was on. Any team Bret Hart was on, that was my team anyway. And the fact you had Owen Hart, Brian Pillman, the British Bulldog, like, I, I couldn't stand shit. Brian Pillman. He irked my That's every last. Personal. And rest in peace to the Anvil, Jim Neidhart. Like, this it was, it was an incredible faction put together. Like, like the Canadian faction was, oh my God, it was so amazing. <laughs> And the team they went against that was well, it wasn't they weren't that bad you know they had LOD you know they had Ken Shamrock Stone Cold Steve Austin and what the uh, whatever Goldust was there for like I don't fucking remember <laughs> whatever the fuck he was thrown into this match for I don't remember but like I mean yeah as you said, like classic shit man and Undertaker and Vader they 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 put on some work they put on some work in that match like you know they 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 it wasn't best thing but they they worked. They put on some decent work in that match, but just the thing when you got Triple H and Mankind opening up a show, this is a special card. Yeah. This is definitely a special card. So NXT TakeOver in your house. We will see if it can eclipse Canadian Stampede, which I think they are. They have a good chance to because NXT TakeOver is on a hell of a streak. But in your house, you guys... I think that you guys just remembered a lot of the bottom half and didn't remember the top half because we went through nine straight really fun to great classic shows while the other ones, probably the other ten before that, were had at least one really, really great match on mm-hmm. it. So In Your House deserves greater memories than what we probably said at the top of our discussion <laughs> But yes, we have to wrap up this episode of True Hill Heat. We hope you enjoyed our ranking of all the In Your Houses in Histories to celebrate the 25th anniversary. A plug for our lineup, our second to last Dark Side of the Ring Season 2 review is up right now. And yes, like we said on that review, we will review the entire Season 1 when Season 2 is over. So stay tuned for that. The latest All Elite recap, Smackdown with the Lynches, True Rewind Episode 2, as well as Dark Power, a super Dark Power, will be up on our channel. You can check a couple of those out right now in our special two-part Money in the Bank roundtable with myself, Romeo, and Marcus Cash are all up right now on our YouTube channel, and we will be bringing you... I don't think I don't think JJ or Miss Chrissy Love know this yet, but yes, Romeo Cologne has convinced me. Me and Romeo will be reviewing 
The Undertaker, The Last Ride, five-part series. Yes, I will review The Undertaker humanizing himself for the first time on television right here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. I was going to ask you if you want to do that, but congrats to you on Romeo. <laughs> he 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 asked me. He jumped. He jumped. He jumped and asked me, and I had no other choice but to say yes. But anyway, no, top guy JJ. I do feel. I do feel like the last ride does need a roundtable discussion. So I'm just saying. I, I, I do. I do. I feel that. Well, we can. We can. You can talk to Romeo for the final episode. Maybe he can. He can. He can fit you into his schedule. He's the quarterback here. You gotta ask Romeo. But okay. before we wrap this episode up. Miss Chrissy Love, Top Guy JJ, tell them where they can find you online. You can find me. I am the cessation of Miss Chrissy Love. You can find me on IG as uh, Miss Chrissy Love and uh, Miss Chrissy Love underscore. I am on Facebook and Twitter as Crystal Lynch. And for me, for Instagram, I am True Hill underscore Top Guy JJ. And at Facebook, I am simply Justin Johnson. So it's pretty easy to find. So hope to chat soon. And you can find me on the Instagram at TrueHill underscore EpicSP3. You can follow True Hill Heat on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True Hill Heat. Even on Reddit, we are also up on there at True Heels. So check us out on all those platforms. You don't even have to watch us if you're on the go. If you need to listen to True Hill Heat, you can check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts podcast but of course if you're watching us on youtube drop us a like help the channel grow we are trying to hit 500 subscribers before the end of may so you can help us yeah, out man. on our journey to that and of course before you do anything before you leave this video push the subscribe button and push the bell to stay notified for all the great content right here on true hill heat so for our resident true hill alcoholic top guy jj for the beautiful, the lovely, Miss Chrissy Love. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. Until True Hill Heat 75 next week. This has been True Hill Heat, True Hill Heat 74. Signing off until next time.